Welcome, ladies and gents, to episode two of What a Save. This is your host, Tyler Niles, and my co-host, my brother from another mother, my boy, Mr. Brandon Lewis. How's it going, my dog? It's going good. It's a great day. Uh, it's nice and hot outside. Plan on hitting up the, the beach later on today. Do some paddle boarding. Nice, man. I've never been, but uh, honestly, hot weather for me, just not good. I can't, I can't deal with it. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it either. I'm, I'm definitely more of a cold person. I love, yeah. I love the winter. Get and then that early, early spring when it actually is cold and not extremely warm and humid like it has been this past week. Yeah, it can be pretty brutal. I, uh, I just started packing. We're, me and my girlfriend are going on a, well, as you know, Allison obviously doesn't list it or snow, but we're going on a two and a half week, three week road trip and uh, going to hit, hit Florida, maybe catch a, honestly, maybe catch a Panthers game. How sick would that be? That'd be pretty sick, man. That would be pretty sick. And you know what? I didn't think about that until now. We might just have to. Uh, and you know what? Maybe, just maybe, we'll hit Chicago. Chicago, what a topic right now, huh? What a topic. And those fans, man, I can't, I can't imagine what they're thinking right now. New generational player coming their way. What a great time to be a Chicago Blackhawks fan. And I mean, don't get me wrong. You think that they're, and it's a given, you want them to pick Bedard, right? But there's so many choices on that that top five of of who they could draft, with Mitchkov, with Fentilli, Bedard. They have options now. It's all about what they want, and obviously, the talk of the town has been Connor Bedard. Connor freaking Bedard, man! They won the sweepstakes. Um, and for any listeners who listened to last episode, you would know that I. I put my money down on Chicago getting the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Now, did I think um, they were actually going to win it? Yeah, probably not. But I think they were the team that needed it most because they actually went into full rebuild. Yeah, and that just accelerated it. You know, um, look at look at his game in the juniors. You know, two hundred and seventy-one points in one hundred thirty-four career games. That's over two points per game, man. And he's doing this at a level, albeit it's not the NHL, but I think he's going to transition very well into the NHL. Um, and I say two, two points per game in the regular season. He ups it up in the postseason. Three points per game. This guy is a gamer. And if Chicago, for whatever reason, doesn't want to draft him, you should probably just move the team at that point, right? Uh, not, not literally, but I mean, it, this is no Shane Wright. You know, this is Connor Bedard. This is the next McDavid. Um, they're they're getting I mean, someone it, good here. And it, and it's weird, right? Because we look back on the draft last year, and we all knew that Montreal was taking right, or so we thought, right? And right. he got passed up by so many teams, and it's like, was that the biggest mistake? Is he going to be the right that we all knew that he was coming up to the draft? And is, is, is it going to be the same way with Bedard? Like, 
are we going to see any upset or any crazy like move or different choice that gets made at that, that number one draft pick? I sure hope not. Uh, I think he's, he's the, he's solidified himself as the number one overall pick, you know? Um, and I, I think that's what's going to happen. There was the same conversation in 2015 with McDavid and Eichel. Eichel, uh, compared to Fantilli for this year, is a great number one overall pick if Bedard wasn't there. And that was the same thing with McDavid. McDavid was just so happened to be in, in the 2015 overall draft. And, you know, this is the Bedard show, you know. Yeah, it's the next coming of McDavid. Let's be real. For the most part. I, I mean, yeah. and obviously we're not going to put him in the in the in the spotlight yet, right? Because he, right. he has a lot to prove. You're you're jumping from a kids' league to this is this is the big the big time. You know what I mean? The NHL. This is no joke. You don't get any better than this. So exactly, he's really going to have to prove himself. And what like what a massive weight on this kid's shoulders for the past few years, being compared to guys like Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby. Uh, Steve Yeiserman, he's been uh, Patrick Kane. He's being compared to these guys from NHL regulars themselves that it's like, man, what, what a massive weight on this kid's shoulders. And he, he just keeps on going. He's just winning at every level. And I think he's going to do the same thing in, in, in the NHL. I think he's excited for it, though. He, in, he in all the be. interviews, when he gets asked about the draft, he seems like he's pretty pumped. And I mean, who wouldn't be, right? Like you're the, you're the talk of the town. Like you are, you are everything right now in the NHL. I'm like, gonna dub the name the next one. He's the, the next, next one. one. Yeah, we'll I see. Like it. Well, well, especially I mean, if he goes to the Blackhawks, like like it's so set in stone, he's the next Patrick Kane. Yeah, and you know what? Do you think Kane would go back? You think it, it's a good question. It's it's a very good question, and there's going to be debate on it. I mean, I don't think with Bedard coming in, and and who knows, do they even start him the first year that they draft him? That's what you would think with the team and how it's stripped apart right now, right? They don't really have anything uh, going for them because they went into complete rebuild. But I mean, does Patrick King come back in hopes? that they automatically become a playoff contender the moment that Bedard comes in? Absolutely not. Because I don't think that Bedard fixes all the problems that there are right now with um, the Blackhawks. Um, And I don't think slotting Patrick Kane into that will prove to be any different. So me personally, it can happen. I don't see it happening. Yeah, I I don't either. Um, If they went out in free agency and they got enough guys to come in, you know, some big UFAs, um, then, you know, maybe Kane decides, hey, this team can be competitive. Let's see what we can do here. Uh, And that's with Bedard actually playing their first and second line because let's be honest, man, I was taking a look at their, their lineup and their first line center, second line center, what it, it was like, these guys, uh, obviously Jonathan Taze, he's not coming back, right? Andreas Athanasiu was their second line center. And albeit he had 40 points, but I don't know. They, they need some more depth there. And I think Connor, Mc, uh, almost like Connor McDavid, Connor Bedard 
Basically the same thing, right? Basically the same. You know, maybe, maybe. Maybe, we'll, maybe. We're we'll, not there yet. I think he's going to slot into that first line center role and uh, let's see what he can do. You know, I think, I honestly think he can, he can hit 70, 80 points rookie year. I, I think he's already a lock for the Calder. I, I know hot takes, but I think it's true. They're going to have a lot of cap space, man. Just north of 40 million. You put him on the first line, bring Patty Kane back. Go get some UFAs. Fill out their back end. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's it's all going to come down to convincing the players to want to come and play for Chicago. With all the backlash that they have going yeah. towards them right now, especially now getting the, the first-round pick, there's a lot of heat in Chicago. There is, and the talk about them deserving the pick, you know, it's... I get it. You know, they maybe they should have had the pick taken away because they got first overall. I don't know if they would have, but they definitely should have had more uh, discipline done than than what it was. You know, I mean, there, Joel Quenville wasn't even on the team, and he got reprimanded for it. And what did Chicago get? Nothing. Yeah, but but you can't. I I feel like. You can't predict this. How are you? How are you supposed to predict so many years down the road that you're going to be in the position where you're able to draft the next coming of a generational talent? Like you can't. You can't predict that. And now I do. I do think Chicago has let off the uh, the hook a little bit when it came to the the dis, dis, disciplinary um, actions that were taken towards them. Um, but I I don't see how the NHL is supposed to fix this truthfully yeah same uh and honestly i don't think they can uh you just kind of you have to let it happen you have to let it go um and hope that this next potential dynasty that they're gonna build with dart at the helm uh, you just have to hope that they do it the right way you know that there's no scandals and uh just gotta let him lead lead the team hopefully in the right direction and one last thing to end off here on this is do we see a potential situation where Bedard actually refuses if chosen by the Blackhawks? Mm. He said, nah, screw that. I want to go to Vancouver. And and I and I personally don't know how that goes, but like if he refuses, like what happens then? That if we would have another Lindros Lindros situation or yeah, I don't know. They'd it's interesting. I don't think it'll happen, but I don't think it'll happen. You never either. know. But you know, it'd be a good story, right? It would. That that would be uh, another scandal in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I do want to go into um, a, a less fortunate topic. You know, Chicago, Chicago right now is reeling with this at news a high. at a high. Right now, there's one team at a sort of low. And that's the Colorado Avalanche. What now, an end to their season, huh? What an end to their season. You know, they they win the cup and just everything's going great. Star defenseman, star center, Mika Rantanen, the moose, he's just so nasty. Gabriel Landeskog, such a great year this year. Landeskog leading the team. And then the news breaks that he will miss the entire NHL season, not only for last year, but this coming season as well. Give me your thoughts on that. It's a big loss. Like, you just 
losing your your captain, the guy who led you to the Stanley Cup, and and that's not just as a leader, but clearly as as a a goal scorer, putting putting points on the board when they were needed, in that Stanley Cup run, and now you lost them for not only the full season, well, of course what was only supposed to be 12 weeks, but then what led up to be a full season. And now getting the news after them being eliminated by the Seattle Kraken that he's going to miss a whole nother year. And how do you recuperate and come back from a two-year hiatus in this league? I don't know, man. And especially with the surgery he's getting, it's going to be a hard thing to do. Now, if I'm looking at anyone in the league... I think Gabriel Landeskog is one of the guys that can do it. He's insanely talented, works hard uh, ever since he was young. You know, this is, this is his passion. He wants to play hockey. Um, but I don't know, man. It's going to be so hard to come back at this level after, you know, surgery after surgery. You just, I hope he can come back the same player. I, I you know, I've, I just, there's too much respect there for that team and for him. But you never know, man. I don't know. It's such a, such an unfortunate, unfortunate thing. And I mean, I was I was scrolling through Twitter, and I think it was Mark Mathot from the Senators, right? I'm pretty sure he played on the Senators. If I'm not Bingo. mistaken. Yes. Um, he said he had the same type of surgery by the same surgeon that Landis Cog is getting it done by, um, and he had said that he was like unable to function in some like ways after getting the surgery and like playing hockey. He doesn't even play hockey anymore. Like he, he like even if he wanted to, it's, it's tough, but he, but I, and, and I don't know when Mark Mathot had his surgery, like at what age, I mean, Gabriel Landeskog is still young. So he has that going for him and usually recovery and all that other stuff is a little bit less harsh on your body. So I don't think that he can't do it. It's just he's going to have to put in that dedication and show his craft on how he can recover and come back 10 times stronger. Because if you lose him and he can't come back, oh, man, what a loss. What a loss and on and off the ice. You know, and even even their GM, Chris McFarlane, he, he spoke with uh, a reporter uh, and quoted, in terms of replacing him, it's really hard to replace your captain and the narrative of knowing that he's potentially going to be out and how we handle that, then we have some things that we have to look at and potentially opens up avenues that weren't available to us this past season. So in what I'm getting from that is that knowing that he's going to be out, they're going to go and make a push for a guy that could replace him, maybe on a one-year deal, uh, maybe not. I don't really know. Uh, all What I do know is that they need some bottom six depth, and a second-line center. Can Newhook be that guy? I don't know. I feel like they tried to get Newhook to replace him already this season, and they were slotting him throughout the lineup because they couldn't really find a true fit for him because he, he did off, like uh, really, really good in the, the playoff run that they had uh, where they won the Cup. Um, he did, and I don't really recollect where he was slotted at that time, um, in the lineup. But I'm pretty sure the moment that 
uh, Landis Cog went down, they instantly tried slotting Newhook into that position. And I just don't think that Newhook was ready for that much of a change. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, big shoes to fill from what Kadri did, right? Uh, during that cup run, you know, he was just so excellent and put up a bunch of points. And, you know, they I think they kind of asked Newhook to replace that um, that production. But it's hard to do. It's hard to ask uh, such a young young player, you know, coming into his game. Um, they've got some work to do. They'll have around thirteen million in cap space, uh, but they have some. They have to re-sign some key players. Uh, Byram Bowen Byram, he's an RFA. Uh, makes, you got to you got to get him back. You got to get him back. Him you know, great defender, makes an impact when he's healthy. Um, JT Comfer is UFA. Lars Eller, UFA. I don't think Eller's going to come back. He was really, what, he come from the deadline, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Evan, yep. Evan Rodriguez, Rodriguez, Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Is it Rodriguez? I think it's Rodriguez, yeah. Yep. Uh, I think you re-sign him, especially if Newhook really isn't ready for that second-line role. I think he'd fit in there real well. Um, Cogliano, great bottom six guy. Think you should bring him back if you can get it cheap enough. Um, Darren Helm, Logan O'Connor, Matt Nieto, you know, just bottom six depth that I think would really help them. Uh, and they could probably get them on the cheaper side. But they, they definitely have to go and and reevaluate what this lineup is gonna look like next year without Landeskog again. I agree. I honestly I, I think they found a, a diamond in the rough with JT uh Confer. I think he stepped up to the plate a lot this year. That line, him centering that line with Rantanen, oh, man, lights out. And Confer unlocked a new level that I don't even think he he knew he had. And granted, it, it, it might be because this was his contract year, and usually those guys that are on their contract years, they always literally pop off. That's, all, that's how it always seems to, to work, right? So... I think you got to get Confer back for sure. I think you get Confer back. I think you take Newhook back. You fill Confer as your second line center and Newhook as your third line center. Maybe if you have to juggle the lines a little bit because Landis Cog isn't back, you know, you try new things, you experiment, but you know, that's, that's what it's there for. I think having that depth will give you the ability to experiment where you're not just solely relying on that one guy. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Comfort was, uh, incredible. Um, considering his career so far, he really took the next step and yeah, he was great. He was great. I, again, they are, they're one piece away from being a contending, uh, Stanley cup team again. You know what I mean? And, with a guy like McKinnon, when you have a team with McKinnon and McCarr, it's going to be hard to lose. Um, and then even Rantanen, I, I don't know why his mind, uh, his name blanked just now, but those three guys, you add another piece, you know, like Landeskog, you replace a guy like him, and you have all those depth depth pieces to help you. They're they're going to be a wagon if they can build around him. I agree, and just. Because you kind of forgot about Rantanen and, and he kind of gets brushed aside. Man, I mean, when you have the team that has, like you're saying, you have McCarr and you have McKinnon as your forefront, 
that's why Rantanen kind of gets brushed aside. You don't really hear about him that much. And and it's crazy because 50 goals. He had 50 goals. That might be the quietest 50-goal season. season I've I've like ever seen. That's what I'm saying. He's not getting talked about enough. Never and there's a lot of players in this league that don't get talked about enough. And I feel like eventually this this podcast is going to center around those guys because they're content. Uh, hey, that's, you know, what we're going for here. The moose. The moose. <laughs> the moose is loose in Colorado. And people don't even know it. But let's go right into the, the Hurricanes Devil Series, man. Oh, my God. Do we even have to? I mean, at this point, it's like, huh, devil's got it, blown it, it, away. It kind of already spoke for itself, right? Like every game, almost every game this series was one disappointing if you're a Devils fan. If you're a Hurricanes fan, man, great. It's fantastic because they just blew them out of the water. I'm streaking the streets if I'm a Carolina fan. Streaking the streets, I like it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, blowouts almost every game. Hurricanes really use their foundation and positioning to just take them out. You know, they they were having a real hard time getting anything done against them. They're just a faster team, literally. And and again, it, it's crazy when you say that because both of these teams are explosive. Yeah, and having Rod Brindamore, first of all, one of the best coaches, if not the best coach in the league. I don't. Mean, again, maybe maybe a hot take. I don't think so. This guy is incredible. They're down three of their best guys: Pacioretty, Svechnikov. Which honestly, when Svech went down, I thought that was it for them. I, I didn't think they'd even make it this far. Um, and Taravine. So you having those three guys down, it's incredible that they were able to take out the Islanders in five, right? I think it was yep. Islanders in five and Devils in five, you know, and playing as less games as they could or as little games as, as you can in the playoffs is so good for this team because they're already down their best guys. You want these guys to be at the, as healthy as they can be. Keep them rested. Keep them rested. You know, I, dude, I, I mean, I will go into it with Florida, but Florida and Carolina, that is going to be a series, man. I cannot wait. It's going to be a good series, but in terms of in terms of like raising salary cap that everyone wants and 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 money and and viewership and building the game, it's probably the least the least wanted matchup that we could have expected out of the playoffs so far. And let's be real. This this round 2 has not been as exciting as round 1 was. And I think everyone agrees when I say that collectively. At least I would hope so. Like if you're, you're if you are an avid hockey fan and you watch hockey all the time, I had so much excitement watching every series in round one. Whereas round two, I've been kind of tuned into the Toronto series and more so the um, every now and then I tune into the Edmonton series just because those were kind of back and forth as well. But um, this Devils-Carolina series was not as exciting as I thought it would be, um, mainly because, as we've all kind of stated in both last episode and this episode, that Carolina just knew how to shut them down and has continued to shut them down. Yeah, and just, again, blowouts. And 
in terms of shutting them down, they're, they're top guys, devils anyway, they're top guys, could not do anything against them, especially early on. Uh, so when, when you have your best players being shut down and you don't really have your depth players coming in to uh, help or contribute to the stat sheet or score sheet, uh, you're going to have a hard time winning games. Carolina's defensemen were unreal. Uh, Burns, what a, what a trade that Don Waddell went and, and made. To get him on their blue line, you know, he, he he's getting a little older, but he just plays Carolina's game so well and contributes, I think, more than any of their defensemen do, besides maybe Slavin. Pesci is great. But uh, Burns leading their, their defensemen in points. Uh, it just seems like every time he has the puck, he's putting it on net, looking for a rebound, looking for a tip. It's one of the best trades they made last summer and is is a big reason where they are right now. And I, I think you kind of didn't see that as much when Burns and Carlson were together, is you didn't see them individually shine, which is why you see Burns doing so well under the Carolina team and Carlson doing so well under the Sharks team. Is when you had them together... Like you didn't have these plays being made individually by these players, and I think you're really seeing Burns shining. Burns, sorry, shining under this Carolina defense, and he is really taking the forefront of it and leading the charge. Absolutely, yeah, he's been magnificent, and another player in Carolina that has been absolutely magnificent is Sebastian Ajo. He doesn't get talked about enough in my opinion. Uh, you know, there's been... This gets thrown around a bit where, you know, Carolina doesn't have any quote-unquote superstars, right? I, I I would call Sebastian Ajo a superstar. He's a fantastic two-way player, can light the lamp, 30-plus goals every year. He's only 25. You know, he's, he's going to get better here. Uh, I, what a player they have in him, and what a player they'll have in him for years to come. He's already already broke the Carolina playoff points record, I believe, or goals record. He's up there, and he's going to continue. He's going to be their number one guy for years to come, and it's it's going to bode well for him. Yeah, I mean, even Martinuk. Let's let's talk mm. about him. What a, what a surprise oh that's God. been, right? Yep. Third line, burst out with nine points in the last ten games. Bananas. Absolute bananas. And he's never been that guy, too. So you love to see a guy come in. And, again, it, it, it just mentions their depth again, dude. Their depth is such a big reason that they're winning these games and they're doing as well as they are. When you have a guy like Martin coming in, dude, putting that many points in that many games, it's pretty unbelievable. I think they're feeding off each other really well and in, in- – Truthfully, they kind of needed their depth to shine. If they wanted to make it as far as they have, their depth had to show up. Because if they didn't, they would not be where they are going into the conference finals. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the offer sheet is looking like the offer sheet for Kotkaniemi is it's looking better and better as this, uh, these playoffs go on. Uh, he had the flashes, and you saw them in Montreal. But he just, you know, maybe couldn't find his footing. He had some really unfortunate injuries, and I think that maybe played a part. But him playing as good he is as he is in Carolina, 
I think, again, just attributes to how great Rod is as a coach and maybe playing in a different organization, maybe a different uh, structure, helped him gain his confidence and figure out the player that he's supposed to be. And his contract, he just signed an eight-year contract with a cap hit of $4.8 million. That is so cheap for a guy that's going to put, you know, 50-plus points every year. What, what an amazing core this team is going to have for years to come. And that's when you know your management is top tier. When they're making moves like that where they could sign those, those depth guys for that, that small amount of money or the, the reasonable amount of money that they are where you can build around them and literally put more pieces together to make the Stanley Cup caliber team that you're trying to picture... I think that's truly like, uh, you know, hats off to, to the Carolina uh, management. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yep. They've, they've been lights out. Anderson on that back end, been doing great. And, and I mean, again, was mentioned last, last episode, but can we just talk about Meyer again? Come on, man. I know, man. Too little, too late. And yep. truthfully, I think him finding in the back of the net in game three to open up the scoring is what they needed because they needed to get going. And it because clearly if they got went, them going. If they went down 3-0, they were not getting out of this. And I stated that they need to win both games at Jersey if they even wanted to have a chance. And they just couldn't get it done. Lost game four at home, which was kind of expected. Carolina was the better team in that game. And he ends the this, this, the playoffs with two goals and two assists, not nearly what you would have expected from a player that you pick up at trade deadline. Yeah. On an already explosive Devils team, you want this guy to just do what he does best, and that's score goals. Just couldn't find it. Couldn't yeah. find that push. Couldn't seal the deal. And uh, speaking of sealing the deal, he couldn't do it in game six. I think if he hits that open net in game six, that would have sealed the deal. And, or, sorry, in game five, that would have gone to game six. But you know what? That's, that's how it goes. The, this game, it's unpredictable. Um, towards the end, it's just unfortunate the way they lost, you know. And that, that setup, that setup that was made, I don't know who it was behind the net, but Beautiful. From, from, from whoever that was to Hughes, from Hughes setting it up to, to Meyer with a wide open net. Man, what wide a play. And I think when you saw Hughes get up and look back, I think even he was disappointed. I can't even imagine what was going through Meyer's head when he realized that he missed that shot. I think he's gonna be I think he's gonna be thinking about that for <laughs> for quite some time. Uh, and it's unfortunate too. I hope it doesn't, you know, uh, get on him too much. Uh, but it's brutal stuff. Uh, seeing a dollar, dumps the puck, goes over the glass, delay a game, they get scored on on that power play in OT. Brutal stuff. Um, same thing with seeing a dollar. I hope he doesn't take it too hard. Um, but you know what, dude? The future of New Jersey Devils is very bright. They're going to have roughly $35 million in cap space this coming offseason. They have Jesper, Jesper Bratt. I don't want to, I'm stealing content here. Jesper Bratt, Timo Meyer, Sharon Govich, McLeod, Boakvist, Bastion, Kevin Ball. Those, I, uh, for me, those are 
really Jesper Bratt and Timo Meyer and Sharon Govich, I think those are the guys they should lock down. Maybe bring back Thomas, Thomas Tatar. Um, I, I think Severson's going to go. I think Graves is going to go. I think Luke Hughes can take that next step. And honestly, I think on their back end, I think Blackwood is as good as gone. Um, they, they already have Vanacek and Schmid, and they've both proved that they can, they can run an, a 1A, 1B situation. Uh, they both, if Schmid didn't come into that New, Jer- uh, New York series, I think they would have lost. So, uh, oh, by far. Yeah. So you, you got two goalies that can handle the net. Uh, I think they can move on from Blackwood and maybe use that money to add some, uh, some depth up front. Yeah, and I mean, they're, they're fine on, on their, their defensive end. I mean, Luke Hughes, uh, is it Simone Nemich? I just know it's Nemich. I don't. You just have that, but that's what I mean. You just have so many young guys that are coming in for this Devils team. They're already young. They have so much talent on that team that if you're a Devils fan, you should not be discouraged in any way. You should be the most hyped you've ever been if you're a Devils fan. What a wagon that your team is right now, and I would be not discouraged whatsoever, and only more excited for next year's season exactly all these prospects coming in uh give give ball uh, a chance on that back end he i thought he was really good uh later in the season uh obviously luke hughes uh you know I, he's gonna take a slot into the top four i i think anyway he looked great in the playoffs um he'll probably be a calder finalist back on the bedard talk i think if he plays you know all, th- all things considered i think he gets it um, so called a finalist for sure. Um, he'll provide scoring depth on that back end and, you know, they already have it with Dougie obviously, but, uh, that's, that's going to be huge. I mean, two apples in the, in the three games he played in the playoffs. I mean, that's, that's more than what you can ask from a rookie, right? Exactly. And his shot looks so good too. The, it, he shot from the blue line and it just whizzed by her. It, it looked like it went in didn't but he's gonna be a player to watch out for uh for a long time man he's gonna he's gonna put it on the score sheet for sure i mean the magic that he that he made and i think it was the last game of the season of the regular season i think it was an ot the overtime winner oh Dude, and a jack. what a thing of beauty right to, uh, to his i think it was jack to jack to luke or luke and to jack yeah luke, it was something luke like made a luke made a nasty move right to the right to the goal Yep. Did not stop. You 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 would think he was a forward out there, and I think that's that's what they're they're wanting from him. They want him to be that offensive minded player and bring Absolutely. that nonstop offense to the to the to the Devils team. Absolutely, they'll be back, man. They're going to be back in the playoffs, uh, and you know they're going to make a run. I mean, you have a core of Hughes, Nico Heischer. I mean, come on, he's he's amazing too. Great two way guy, Hamilton, Brat, Dawson Mercer. I mean, look at all these guys coming in. Alexander Holtz, he's young, 21 years old. He's been playing in the AHL, but, I mean, this guy, this guy's sick too. They, they have so much potential in the coming years, and as, as a Boston fan, I'm scared because I, I don't want to see them in the playoffs, especially with the direction our team's kind of going. Um, but, yeah, man, I'm super excited to see a, a possible 
future championship team in the New Jersey Devils. Agreed, agreed. And let's just uh, jump right into the Vegas-Edmonton series. Yeah, this one's been a weird one, too. It, it, and then this is a series that we kind of briefly talked about, and I still don't think it's anything really crazy to watch right now. Again, it being a late-night game, it doesn't get as much viewership on TV as the others do. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think they're missing too much, to be real. I think it's what everyone expected. Dreisaitl, McDavid... Bouchard, who's been amazing, who woke up for the playoffs that we weren't really expecting to, but the Bouchard bomb is fucking there. Bouchard bomb. Did I just drop the first F-bomb of the, of the podcast? Did you? I think I did. Oh, my God, Brandon. Pony, yeah. pony this is literally Brandon. like <laughs> This is literally like, this is like Marvel dropping the first F-bomb of the series. To be honest, I'm just so used to it, I didn't even pick it up, but how could you? <laughs> But yeah, the the Vegas the Vegas and, and, and Oilers, they're uh they're kind of just trading one for one, really. I mean we didn't really make notes of game five as this this podcast was kind of made a little bit ahead of time. Um but game five ended up in a in a three four fashion. Kind of looked a little bit similar to game one, um, which ended six to four. Um but aside from those two games, game one, game five, they've all kind of been trade-offs between the Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights, yeah. where game two, 5-1, Oilers. Game three, Vegas, 5-1. Oilers back at, in game four, 4-1. So, I mean, this game five was without Petrangelo and without Nurse because of their suspensions. And I think I want to get a little bit more into the suspensions because... While the nurse one was justified, I don't think Petrangelo was given enough. I think it was warranted that this man gets at least two games. And I know and understand that usually they go off of the offenses and how many they have. And I just think that this was a clear intent to injure. The, sh- the stick came over the shoulder, clearly went across ice with intent to slash dry sidle and hopefully put him out for a game or two, maybe longer because why not? He's your, he's their top guy right now. That's their go-to. So why not just take out one of the best players, give yourself a better chance? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I think I, he should have probably gotten more um, with nurse getting that one game. Sussy for instigating a fight and that I don't know man the the two just aren't comparable uh, I I didn't even know it was a rule in the NHL that if you were uh, to instigate a fight or fight within the final five minutes of a game that's an automatic one game suspension I had no idea but the two I didn't know things that either. yeah no idea but those two things are not the same you have a guy that's trying to you know take a dude's hand off and potentially put him out for, you know, however long. And, and then a fight. It just doesn't make sense to me. You know, when you have McDavid coming to the rescue for you, that's how you know you did something wrong. That's how you know, you know, a second F-bomb. That's how you know you fucked up. So Nurse getting the one game and Petrangelo getting the one game, 
it's weird to me. I don't know. But I think they, they the NHL kind of wanted things to be a little even. I don't know. You know, game five, both missed one of their, their better defenders. So uh, I'm just glad Dry's okay, you know, and, and he played game five. So Agreed. I think, I think we all hope for the health of the players. And, again, I, I don't think Petrangelo, what he did was – good for the league in, in any in any way. Like, I don't know what he's trying to do there, but I, this series is it's kind of brushed under the rug. I, I don't really I don't really care for it. Again, this these round two matchups has been they've been okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all things considered too, it's it's been it's been an exciting series in a way because there's just so many penalty minutes. You know, like there's a lot of stuff going on. But again, it's just most of the games, it's like one team dominating and then the other team dominates. So, you know, I, when you, well, if we're, we could talk about the Panthers and Maple Leaf series. Now, that series was a lot closer, but still ended in five. You know, like every, te- every game was, was a close game, uh, just battling and battling and, unfortunate that toronto couldn't couldn't get uh, a few games under their belt but um yeah it's it's been wild uh, i bet i bet that we want florida chat is looking pretty bad right now for for toronto fans oh it's looking horrendous and i and i could only i could only imagine how the panthers fans just ate that up because oh, i would have i would have i mean i know i know matthew kachuk did and honestly, hats off to him because I would have done the same if I was on his shoes. Why not, right? Star player. You see the videos of the We Want Florida, and then you just shut them all up. You know what I would have done? What's that, Tyler? If I was Matt Kachuk and, and all of his post-game antics, right, they win the game, handshake line, he gets interviewed. To be fair, I didn't watch uh, his post-game interview or anything like that, so maybe he did. But I would have went up to that mic and started chanting, we want Florida, because that would have been the ultimate meme. And he's a villain right now. Like, that would have just made so many people hate him even more. But you got to love it, though. I mean, the guy is the guy knows how to get under people's skin. Come on, he's, he's, he's being a Brad Marchand. He is. He's practically licking faces right now. Yeah, I mean, licking faces and... Uh, Hurting faces too. Oh, that that especially. But game five, I, I I tuned in last night. It was a it was a really good game. It was close. And what's weird is, you know, Riley gets the first goal down 2-0. It goes off of Cousin's shin pad to give the Leafs some life, right? And then not only to to top it off, Cousins is the guy that ends the series with a goal in overtime. But I think I think the biggest flaw in Toronto's game or in this whole series was their top six was invisible this in, entire series. And I think once the Panthers started heating up against the Bruins towards the end of our um, our series that I think they never stopped. And I just think they're a force to be reckoned with right now. And I think the Carolina Panthers series is going to be a great one. But... I personally don't know if anyone can stop the Panthers right now. I think if anyone is going to do it, it's Rod the Bod. And I think he will. 
I, I said last uh, last week, last episode, uh, I think they're going to make a run. Uh, I think they're going to go all the way. And hot take, they take them in six. Carolina takes Panthers in six. But I would not be surprised if I am completely wrong and the Panthers end up winning it because, dude, this run they're on is insane. Everyone is buzzing. When you have a guy like Cousins that's scoring your OT goal for you to put you to the Eastern Conference Finals, you know you got something good going on there. And listen, I'm not taking anything away from the Panthers fans or team, but to say that they're nothing short of the team that they were last year when they won the President's Trophy, like, they're still a Stanley Cup caliber team, especially with the additions of Kachuk, who is honestly, I think, better. I think everyone could say that he is better than Huberto. I think that trade was phenomenal. Absolutely. For the Panthers. Yeah. Because you look at Huberto in Calgary and, oh, my God, what happened to him? Right. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think you're right. You know, I don't, I don't think that's a, a, a far take. Um, I mean, just look at what, I mean, coaching obviously has something to do with it. Huberto had a, a, a rough season. And you got to feel for him. Uh, I, I just don't think he wanted to leave Florida and going and playing with uh, Daryl Sutter, you know, different system. I don't know. I just, I, I think it, uh, I think it hurt him a little bit, but Matt Kachuk is on a different level. Uh, he's, he's one of the best players in the league and it's, it's showing. These playoffs are showing. You know, just I think it also shows why he is a heart finalist. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's unreal. And as a Bruins fan, uh, when we were going up against them, that was probably the team I was more nervous to face. Uh, I them in Toronto, but after watching the Toronto series, you know, I I think the Bruins would have take, took uh, taken that. Yeah. Sorry, Leafs fans. Sorry, no, sorry. Uh, but Florida's a wagon right now. It's, it's it's ridiculous. And I just want to go back on what I said last pod was that I did not think Bobrovsky is the $10 million goalie that I've expected him to be. And, man, think what again. a show that man is putting on. He is looking elite. Eat your words, Brandon. Eat your words. Elite. And not only to add on to that, but I made note that Austin Matthews, John Tavares, and Mitch Marner in the second round had only one goal between the oh three of them. Oh, my God. You are paying oh. these guys $33.5 million in your cap to be invisible. I love and it. And this isn't to bash Toronto fans because I was rooting for you guys to get out of round one. I was too. But at the same time, where are your superstars, man? Yeah, they got to show up. You have to have these guys show up for you. Honestly, they, they played pretty well uh, in game five, but you got to do it every game, man. You, it's tough. It's tough. The future of that team is very uncertain and we'll for sure be talking about it at some point, but I am intrigued to see what they do in the offseason. I think we just end off this pod with, we want Florida. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we want Florida. Yeah, damn. Sorry. Sorry, Leaf fans, for uh, 2013 and, and that. So, But 
on that note, we thank everyone for coming. Uh, please, please check out our Instagram, uh, Instagram page, YouTube, uh, Spotify, obviously, we, um, Apple. And uh, please, please show us some love. We got some things coming, coming your way. And uh, yeah, anything you want to say? Anything you want to add there, Brandon? I was just about to say, we're going to probably get started on some, some YouTube reels, maybe, maybe some TikTok shorts or whatever. Um, Heck yeah, man. We're trying to dip our toes into everything right now. But um, yeah, I think our, our podcast is on Amazon Music, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, and there's a couple others, but they're a little bit more swept under the rug. I don't think many people use those, but they're there. But yeah, uh, I think this is a, a good wrap up Absolutely. to our second episode of the pod. I think, uh, I think we loosened up a little bit in this one which yeah. is what what will gradually happen. I think we're going to get a lot better. Exactly. Come every episode, so bear with us, stick with us. I'm I'm telling you, this is the place to be. This is the place to be. If you love hockey, this is the place to be. So stick around. Bars.